You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome to Be Humane on Pet Life Radio. This is your host, Dr. Robin Gansert. Welcome to a very special episode. And friends, you're in for a treat. We get an early preview of the new hero dog movie, Max. Best friend, hero, Marine, the movie Max. Warner Brothers and MGM Studios present this incredible movie. A movie from the director of Remember the Titans and a producer of Marley and Me. This film is made for our listeners. It's made for everyone who loves animals, who uh, has such great respect for our nation's military, and really who has great respect and understands what it is to be humane. This movie celebrates all of our wonderful values. Well, you know what we love about the movie Max is the fact that this movie ties in so nicely to our very special advocacy campaign to reunite military working dogs, retire them on U.S. soil, and bring them together in a forever loving home with their former handler. As you know, listeners, we've heard so many incredible stories over the past few months from our congressional briefing last July, the November Veterans Day Parade, where we were there live with veterans and their incredible working hero dogs. And of course, just recently, we heard from our advocacy efforts on the Hill with Specialist Brent Gromit, Military Working Dog Maddie, and U.S. Marine Corporal Jeff DeYoung and his Military Working Dog Cena. This is such an important time for our shared values around this new legislation. The bill with language supported by American Humane Association was introduced in the House by Congressman Frank Lobiondo of New Jersey and in the Senate by Claire McCaskill, which mandates the return of retiring military working dogs to U.S. soil and gives the first rights of adoption to go to the former handlers and their families. Following bipartisan passage in the House of Representatives, American American Humane Association today calls on the Senate to swiftly pass the 2016 National Defense Authorization Act with language supported by American Humane that would clinch a major victory for military dogs everywhere. Again, a shout out to Congressman Frank Lobiondo for championing this amendment in the House, which passed. And now we look to the Senate to pass and vote today on the language that Senator Claire McCaskill has proposed, mandating that America's heroic military working dogs, like Max portrayed in the movie by the beautiful animal star Carlos, that these animals are returned to U.S. soil upon retirement and that their human handlers and their families, to whom these dogs mean more than anyone else, will be given the first right of adoption so that specialist Brent Gromit has the chance to be reunited with military working dog Maddie, his battle buddy, and so that Corporal Jeff DeYoung can be reunited with military working dog Cena, his battle buddy. You know, It's estimated that each military dog saves the lives of 150 to 200 servicemen and women in the line of duty by detecting IEDs and weapon caches. And, you know, we all know that these dogs, who happen to have four legs and fur, are serving our country alongside our Marines and our members of the armed services. Really incredible stories of heroism on both ends of the leash. We've been their voice 
on the Hill, and today we continue to be their voice to advocate for changes in the National Defense Authorization Act. I will not rest until the NDAA is changed to require all of these war dogs to be brought home to U.S. soil for their retirement. Today, we're behind the scenes of the new movie, Max. This movie is stunning. You know, today in Washington, D.C., advocates for the military and for animals are gathering to celebrate the release of the new movie, Max, with director Boaz Yaquin. Max is about a heroic military working dog who returns from service in Afghanistan, traumatized by his handler's death. Max is adopted by the fallen Marine's family, and together, they help each other heal. You know, folks on Capitol Hill have learned a lot about military working dogs over the past year since American Humane has hosted a congressional briefing in our advocacy efforts. It was then that the nation began this robust dialogue on the retirement of these four-legged veterans that continues to this date. Soldiers and Marines have been relying on these four-footed comrades-in-arms since the beginning of organized warfare. The Romans were known to have used dogs in their military campaigns to disrupt and overwhelm the enemy. During the Civil War, dogs were reported to have been used to guard soldiers. In the course of World War I, thousands of dogs were used as couriers. And we all know about the war horses who've served. During the Second World War, the Marines used dogs in the Pacific to locate enemy positions. And in Vietnam, some 4,000 dogs were used to lead jungle patrols, saving so many lives. More recently, some 2,500 military working dogs and contract working dogs work side-by-side our soldiers in Iraq and Afghanistan. And most famously, a Belgian Malinois war dog named Cairo was an integral part of the Navy SEALs 6 team that helped kill America's arch nemesis Osama bin Laden during a daring raid in 2011. How can we forget the story of Cairo? Amazing hero dog. Today, these military dogs are more important than ever in keeping our servicemen and women safe. And today, we celebrate this incredible movie, the movie Max, that goes to tell the story of a family, a Marine family grieving with the loss of their son and their brother, and how the reunification with Max helps the entire family heal. Well, friends, stay tuned. Right after this brief message, we'll have a very special segment with Boaz Joaquin, the incredible director who brings us Max, and Josh Wiggins. I tell you, Josh is going to have an amazing career. Entertainment Weekly just called him the next Leonardo DiCaprio, and after his performance in Max, you will soon see why. Thanks so much for listening. We'll be right back with more about the movie Max. We'll be right back, right after these messages. Stay tuned. Active for Pets is a new wellness platform and app that helps pet parents save time and money on their vet bills. Stop paying for unnecessary vet treatments. Consult with a vet online. Get unlimited access to your pet's entire health history from any computer or smartphone with the Active for Pets app. Vaccinations, medications, test results, and more. Active 4 Pets gives you access to a team of expert vets for non-emergency care. Make an appointment before, during, or after office hours. Skip the waiting room and get a secure online vet consult on your schedule. Taking care of your pets is as easy as it gets with Active 4 Pets. Ready to try Active 4 Pets? Listeners get 40% off a one-year membership. To get this great offer, use promo code PETLIFE on the sign-up page of Active4Pets.com. That's A-C-T-I-V, the number 4, P-E-T-S, dot com. 
or call 888-512-2848. Amazing Pet Expos is coming to a city near you. Admission is always free and your pet is welcome. Shopping, adoptions, free nail trims, discounted shots and microchipping, agility, a pet costume contest, and much more. Plus, meet the guys from Animal Planet's hit TV series Tank and Pit Boss online at AmazingPetExpos.com. Bring your pets to the Pet Expo! Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Well, welcome back to Pet Life Radio. You're listening to Dr. Robin Gansard, and this is Be Humane. We're in for such a treat for this episode. This episode is devoted to the fantastic movie Max, which I'm asking all of our listeners, yes, every single listener, to go this weekend to the premiere. You're in for a treat and bring all your family members and celebrate what it is to be a great American by seeing this movie, especially as it comes out in the premiere weekend. On the phone with us today, for this segment is the incredible director, the director of the classic football film. And I know that we've got a lot of football fans who listen in every week. This is the director of Remember the Titans starring Denzel Washington, which I watched again this past weekend. And I know you wrote Now You See Me and The Prince of Persia, which is a great film as well. And we're thrilled to have you on the line today. I know you're there with Josh Wiggins, who's a wonderful, wonderful actor, a new actor. And I know Oh, uh, Josh, you starred in, I think it was 2014's Hellion, and this is your second film, and you play the brother, Justin Wincott. Well, I'm so honored to have you both on the line today to share with us a little bit about the great movie, Max. Boaz, what was your inspiration for doing this film? Well, I had always wanted to make a movie that honored the relationship between people and animals, dogs in specific. And I just wanted to make an adventure movie that harkened back to Rinton Tin and, and Old Yeller and treated dogs with the, the kind of respect uh, that they deserve. And I approached an old friend of mine, Sheldon Lettich, who's a, a Marine and a Vietnam vet, actually. And he's a, a writer, and he suggested that we make the film about an MWD, about a military working dog. And that just clicked something off in our minds and it started evolving and developing from there and it's still an adventure movie but it now has all these themes that we're really happy to have been able to introduce into the movie as well. And some incredible themes, uh, really beautiful themes that I know our listeners will really find that resonate with them. You have a very special animal star, Carlos. Can you tell us a little bit about Carlos who played Max? Well, you know, Carlos is a Belgian Malinois, which are the, the breed of dog that's being used now more frequently by the military and by the police. Incredibly energetic, high-maintenance dogs that are very task-driven and very smart. And our trainer, Mark Forbes, who has a, a, an incredible company called Birds and Animals that do a lot of the films and the TV shows that you see that, that feature animals, did a search for him, I mean, for our dog that spanned the globe, actually, went to Europe and ended up finding him in Kentucky. This charismatic, beautiful dog called Carlos that was the only animal I've ever seen that could cause Mark to swear and curse and lose his temper because of his star-like diva behavior. Right. But, but he gave us a great performance. 
and we're really happy for that. And I, I have to say, uh, all up power to Josh Wiggins, who's sitting here with me, because in order to feel about Max the way we feel about Max when we watch the movie, we needed a young actor that could really give him that. And I think Josh did an amazing job of connecting with the dog. Well, Josh, I have to tell you that your performance was just stellar in this film, really connected on so many different levels. And what I saw in witnessing your performances was this bond that you had with Max, played by Carlos, that came out so real in the film, real and authentic. And it seemed to be such a genuine bond. Tell us when you first met Carlos and what were those interactions like? And I'd love to know if you uh, if you have a big dog at home yourself. You seem to be such an animal lover that has to be for real. Yeah, I first met Carlos and uh, a couple of the other dogs, like, right after my first test screening. Mm -hmm. Um, We went over, Carlos took me over to um, this farm, I guess you could call it, where they were training them. And I got to see um, everything that they they learned. And it was really, it was incredible. I was expecting it to be, you know, like, sit, roll over, and, like, you know, all that. But, um, I mean, they could tell them to, like, put their tongues back in their mouths, and they could, like, put their tongues back in their mouths. It was really, it was (laughs) insane how they were. And before we started shooting, we worked pretty often in a little warehouse where they were training them. Like, I'd, you know, bike with them and get into cages with them and just interact with them. And, um, that definitely helped with the with the bond on screen. But yeah, I have I have three dogs of my own. I have a Rottweiler, a Black Lab, and a Chewini. I love that. My um my dad's a canine bomb dog handler, and um I, but before I left to go shoot, he took me to his facility, and like I ran with with all the bomb dogs there, and uh, that helped a lot just with you know learning how to hold the dogs and and how to act with the dogs and, and stuff like that. That's fantastic. Well, I have to tell you, I knew you definitely had a bond with dogs, so it's great to know that you've got three ones at home, and I know they have special places in your heart, which is just terrific. When I looked at this movie, I was just so impressed by the portrayal of the uh, the relationship with the military, certainly the relationships with family, with the mother. Tell me a little bit about it, what it was to be on set, Josh, with all those uh, those themes happening at once. It was awesome. I mean, one thing I you know loved about this movie and a big reason why I, I did it was because it's a family movie, but it has mature undertones to it, and mature plot mm-hmm. points and characters and complex mm-hmm. emotions. And um, I thought that was that was awesome because it's really something you don't see. A lot of family movies now are pretty like fluffy, so um, it was really cool to be a part of something that that showed all that and gave me a chance to try and flex some acting muscles, I guess you could call it. Um, so yeah. Well, I believe Entertainment Weekly called you the next Leonardo DiCaprio, so pretty awesome. That <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, it's a pretty high bar, but that's wonderful. We certainly Hopefully. did an outstanding job with this film, and it certainly was multi-layered. You know, let's go back to Carlos, this great dog with those beautiful eyes. We know Mark Forbes very well uh, with American Humane Association. His company, Birds and Animals, has always uh, just done a wonderful job of, of training animals for film and television performances. Mark Forbes once shared with me that you have to be your very best self whenever you work with animals, and that's something I know that resonated with the production team here. Can you give us some insights into the production team's movie magic that they did to show these intense animal action scenes? Well, you know, as a director uh, working with animals, you're really interfacing with the trainers from the beginning. And, you know, Mark Forbes and his team read the screenplay, broke it down, not just scene by scene, but shot by shot and behavior by behavior. And they teach you what kind of angles work for the animals, what kind of angles don't, what's going to be difficult, what's going to be easy. And you're really in a collaboration with them from the beginning in terms of even how you approach your day and what you're going to shoot and how you're going to do it. So in this movie, Mark Forbes and his team were, I mean, really as much a part of our production as the cinematographer, as the stunt directors, 
I mean, they were our collaborators in every way. And, you know, it's, it's funny you mentioned Carlos's beautiful eyes. That's one of the, the challenges Mark had was that, you know, a lot of, of mouths have a black inky spot that stretches all the way up to their ears and actually <laughs> makes filming their eyes very challenging. So I told Mark, Mark, we've got to find a male that has brown fur around his eyes. (laughs) And not many of them have that. And so he had to do a real search until he found Carlos and found the exact right looking dog. That's so wonderful because that helps to make the movie is those eyes on that dog. Just beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Do you know one of the most famous mouths out there was on the Navy SEAL Team 6 mission to take down Osama bin Laden? You heard the story of Cairo, I bet. Yes, I mean, and we heard about that, obviously, and we knew that that was the breed that we wanted to focus on. Uh, by the way, I think it's it's only fair to mention, I know that a lot of people who love mouths and who love dogs are concerned at what's called the 101 Dalmatian effect, you know, where if there's a movie that features a popular, if it's a popular movie and it features an, a dog in it, people who aren't really prepared for the responsibility of owning that particular breed often say, oh, that I love Max, I, I want a Malinois for a present. And the truth is, unless you're really in the right environment and you really have patience and you really have commitment, these dogs are not what you'd call easy pets. And there are definitely people who are concerned about that, about a lot of people suddenly wanting to to do a run on Malinois and not being prepared for the responsibility that that entails. So I hope that people are aware of that and, and that that gets out there as well. Very high energy, very high. I drive, for sure. Well, they're working dogs, too, and I think a lot of folks aren't prepared to uh, to deal with working dogs. And unless you have them working, they're not happy. And that's the most yeah. important point. These dogs like to work, and in these cases... And they're strong dogs. It's not like having a temperamental chihuahua or, or something. It's it's like having a little tank in your house. So uh, it's, they are strong animals. Yeah. Cute Tell puppies, me, but they I bet they do grow up. Tell me about those Rottweilers that you used as well. And, you know, I know there was a lot of, for those animal lovers tuning in this week. There's a lot of green screen imagery that happened too, right? The use of green screen so the animals weren't in reality fighting. Can you give us some insights into some of those intense animal action scenes? Yeah, we have some really intense animal action scenes and definitely some rotty prejudice here. Um, (laughs) Even though in real life, the Rottweilers were far friendlier than the Malinois. (laughs) um, (laughs) uh, They love the belly rubs, but, but in our movie, they're the bad guys and we have some intense scenes and you know, that that's where the trainers really come into play. I mean, they know how to train the dogs to play safely within the limits of safety, and you've mm-hmm. got to put the camera in the right place for that and, and provide interesting sound effects and so on. And then for the stuff that's just really too dangerous for the dogs, luckily we have computer-generated imagery these days. And uh, for some of the trickier stunts, we were able to put in just a few shots that allowed us to sell the illusion without putting a dog in harm's way ever. You know, the truth is the animals are treated on these movies a lot lot more safely and better than the human cast or crew are and that was always a high priority but yeah you know when you see the dogs going at it and doing stunts it's a combination of amazing training and also some fancy special effects work that's wonderful that's fancy special effects do make the movie really really exciting as you're going through the ride that justin is the bike that's riding my favorite use of special effects 
effects. You know, I, I think there's a lot of movies that, you know, that you see that have special effects that look like special effects, outer space movies and all that. But mm-hmm. I think when you can integrate special effects into a, a reality-based story and use them in a way that is invisible, so yeah. to speak, I People think don't that's know really that exciting. Yeah. People don't know that they're watching special effects. That's when well, it's I, really like, yeah. That's when it's really cool. And that's what's so important for our listeners, too. Indeed, American Humane Association has been working as the only officially sanctioned group working in Hollywood in film and entertainment now for 75 years to ensure the safety of animal stars, animal stars like Carlos and the precious uh, Rottweilers that are featured in the film. And indeed, we were honored to provide our excellent standard rating for this film. So congratulations to you both and the entire production team because you did receive our very top rating for safety. And that's a tremendous accomplishment. Tremendous accomplishment. Thank you very much. Oh, well, thank you. You're the ones that did it, that followed the guidelines, which with the spirit of the guidelines, as well as the actual intent of the guidelines, you did such an outstanding and exemplary job, and we're honored to provide you with our excellent rating. And for those of you listening in this week, know that those intense animal action scenes, a combination of movie magic that's invisible to our wonderful movie experience, but then they were there, and I loved your phrase, it's safer to be an animal on set often than the human. So, Josh, did you have some bike accidents? Those were some intense bike riding scenes, too. There was one time I flipped on purpose. That was about the extent of the, the accident. <laughs> um, I did a lot of the, you know, I'm the standard, like, uh, riding just down the mountains and stuff, but uh, my son double Keith did a lot of the uh, the jumps, and he was, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, he did an awesome job with it. Thank God he was there, because I would not have been able to do a lot of that stuff. I, I will say there were a few moments where Josh did a few things that uh, that made my blood run cold for a minute, but we managed to get away with it without any serious injury. <laughs> That's wonderful. Well, Boaz, I'm not sure if you shared with us your animals in your life. Do you have a, an animal at home? I personally used to. I don't anymore. Josh has three. Yes. So he's making up for, for you're not having one right now with three in his home. That's great. What was your first animal that you had in your life? Because you, you treat this film as an animal lover. You can see it in the care and you're directing. You clearly have a bond with the animals. What was the first animal that touched your life? Well, the first animal that touched my life was called Tuki, and he was a parakeet. And he oh. was our family parakeet and friend, and he lived for four years and flew around our apartment and left poop everywhere, <laughs> but we couldn't bear to keep him in his cage. And uh, he was a gift of my grandfather's, who always had a parakeet with him wherever he went. And uh, that was my first pet, and I still think the pet I loved most somehow. That's beautiful. Great memories, and especially flying around in the apartment. That's uh, a lot of visual memories, too. That's wonderful. A lot of my friends, I never understood how kids could be scared of a parakeet. They would run into the closets and hide, (laughs) and I just didn't understand it. I mean, I was like, look, he's a little bird, and my friends would just be under the tables and under the chairs. But, yeah, he had the run of the house. I love it. Well, in this movie, too, I'd like to ask you about your relationship with Lachlan, the Air Force base and uh, the training facility that's featured. Tell us a little bit about some of the insights from your experiences with working with Lachlan. Well, you know, Sheldon, as I said, who's my co-writer, who was a Marine Mm -hmm. and a Vietnam vet, suggested that we go there and do some research on the actual dog trainers and on the dogs. We went there a few times and uh, met with the Marines there and uh, met with the handlers, saw the dogs. And for me, it was very emotional. I mean, on the one hand, you know, honestly, it's kind of hard. And it's hard to see animals be put through the type of training that humans are put through. And I think that that's one of the things that's really powerful about this movie. I, I think that often we drop our emotional defenses when we interact with animals in a way that we don't 
because with, when we deal with people, somehow it's ironic, but we do. We're able to watch movies where people suffer and die and just not pay that much attention to it. But the minute you see an animal going through something, your heart goes out toward them. And when I was at Lackland, it gave me a newfound respect both for what animals go through and for what their handlers and the people involved in these situations go through. And uh, it gave me a newfound respect for the difficulty and the intensity of what occurs. That's so well said. You know, what we have found, too, which is I think is interesting, is we, you know, we've worked with the nation's military animals and warfare now for 100 years. American Humane Association served on the battlefields of World War One in Europe providing the veterinary care and the first aid and emergency treatment for war horses. In fact, Steven Spielberg's film War Horse is actually the backstory to our Red Star Rescue Program, which was created by the U.S. Secretary of War. He asked American Humane to go overseas, and we cared for 68,000 war horses a month in World War One, Rather unimaginable in today's terms. Today, a hundred years later, we're working on being the voice for military working dogs, and that's why we find your beautiful story of Max the Marine, the hero, the best friend, the war dog, is so important for a lot of our legislative and advocacy efforts on Capitol Hill. And on behalf of all of us animal lovers who've been out there sending tens of thousands of letters to members of Congress every week over the past month, really sharing our concern about these war dogs and their retirement back in U.S. soil. We're forever grateful for your being able to portray the human and animal bond, the marine and the marine bond, even though one marine has four legs, one has two. You do a beautiful job of portraying it, and on behalf of all of us, we're forever grateful. Thank you, and thanks for your support of us. Well, absolutely. Well, friends, we've been just having the most incredible episode this week, and we're going to hear from an early screening here in Washington, D.C. tonight from those who have gotten an early preview to get you really excited about going out this weekend to see the premiere of Max. We'll be tuning in, hearing from some members of Congress, Congressman Gus Bilaracus, a great American, a great champion of war dogs. Congressman Frank Lobiondo has been a champion of our efforts, and in fact, really was the one to advocate for the efforts in the Changing in the National Defense Authorization Act. A big shout out to Senator Claire McCaskill, who's also done a wonderful job of championing the amendment to the NDAA in the Senate version of the bill. And of course, we're very grateful for our friend Congressman Rich Hudson, who's going to be with us tonight for the screening of Max. You all recall that Congressman Hudson helped us to reunite military working dog Maddie with Specialist Brent Gromit. And on behalf of all of us at American Humane Association, we congratulate Josh Wiggins on this incredible film. And Entertainment Weekly again calls in the next Leonardo DiCaprio. And of course, our wonderful friend, Boaz Yarkin, for an incredible film, a film that's going to touch all of our hearts for years to come. Boaz, thank you for providing us with a beautiful story of what it is to celebrate compassion, love, and certainly service to our country. We're forever grateful and look forward to watching your film in a theater very soon. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. What an incredible segment on Be Humane with Dr. Robin Ganser this week. We've so enjoyed our conversation with Boaz Joaquin and Josh Wiggins, the incredible director and star of the movie Max. And we've heard from a few special friends who attended the D.C. screening here in our nation's capital. And boy, the timing couldn't be better as American Humane Association continues to advocate for the National Defense Authorization Act. And in that 
act, we're proposing for language to be changed to require every single war dog to be brought home for a humane retirement on U.S. soil. And let's give these dogs an opportunity to be reunited with their former handler and their former handler's family. You can see in the movie Max the power of the bond. And clearly, a military dog is a soldier's best friend. You know, friends, our servicemen and women, our dog handlers on the front lines in the war in Iraq and Afghanistan are faced daily with life or death situations. The bond between these dogs and those who work with them is nearly unbreakable. Yet when our human warriors end their tours of duty and return home, their faithful military dogs don't always follow. Despite the remarkable efforts of the U.S. Air Force, which has worked hard to bring back most war dogs, too many of our four-footed veterans are left behind on foreign soil and never again see their human battle buddies, such as Specialist Gromit or Corporal Jeff DeYoung. Battle buddies with whom they went through so much. The problem is that these dogs are retired overseas. They become civilians and are no longer qualified to travel home on military vehicles, creating an often insurmountable barrier to getting them home to the ones who care for them most. To change this, American Humane Association has been advocating for reforms in the NDAA, the National Defense Authorization Act, to ensure that military working dogs are retired on U.S. soil and that their handlers and families get first priority on adopting them. You know, families like Justin's family portrayed in the movie, having that war dog back home allowed them to help to heal as a family with the loss of their son and their brother, the Marine. Specifically, in the NDAA Section 371, the insertion of language that requires a change from may to shell would allow this to happen. This intent, specific language, would allow for these dogs to be transported on military aircraft back home after their tours of duty. Our language has passed the House and is now being discussed in the Senate. Our gratitude to Representative Frank Lobiondo and Senator Clara McCaskill for championing these reforms. And a big shout out again to Congressman Gus Bilirakis, who championed our first congressional briefing on the Hill, bringing to light this national dialogue around bringing home war dogs. And Congressman Cuellar for championing the Caucus for the Humane Bond, which also is celebrating the efforts of our military hero dogs. And, of course, our gratitude to Congressman Richard Hudson, who helped us to make the dream come true of the Gromit family by being able to reunite military working dog Maddie with Brent. What the moving Max reminds us all about is that these veterans with four legs and fur and a wagging tail need champions. Champions in our hometowns and in Congress. Congress needs to make sure we bring home our four-footed veterans and give their handlers and their families the first priority in adopting them. It's about reuniting battle buddies, best friends, and heroes on both ends of the leash. I believe, as does American Humane Association, that all of our veterans, two-footed and four-footed, should come back home to a hero's welcome, a loving forever home, and the happy healthy, and dignified retirement that they so deserve after a lifetime of service to our country. Friends, do me a favor. Go and see Max this weekend and be entertained and celebrate with me the power of the human-animal bond, the sacrifices that so many make for our country, and what it is to be an American. What it is to be an American is all about compassion, caring, hope, and love. And this movie 
exemplifies our shared values. Listeners, this is Dr. Robin Gansert. You're listening to Be Humane on Pet Life Radio. We'll be right back after this brief message. Sit. Stay. We'll be right back after a short pause. Well, four to be exact. It's designerpetsweaters.com. Hand-knitted designer sweaters for your precious pup or cool cat. Beautiful couture patterns for your pets, including custom-knitted formal wear, casual wear, yachting, and even sports-themed. Many designer pet sweaters include feathered tammy hats, top hats, and a lot of sparkle. Each sweater includes leg loops, front paw sleeves, and leash opening. Visit designerpetsweaters.com to order your four-legged fashions today. Large or small, we fit them all. Designerpetsweaters.com Hey everybody, this is Tim Link, the host of Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. Got some exciting news for you here today. My audiobook is now available. Wagging Tells, Every Animal Has a Tell is now available in audiobook form through audible.com, amazon.com, and iTunes. It's a collection of 32 conversations I've had with the animals. It's a fun, interesting, heartfelt book that's suitable for all age groups. So everybody pick up a copy of the audiobook, Wagging Tells, Every Animal Has a Tell. You'll be glad you did. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to Be Humane on Pet Life Radio. You know, we have been celebrating the launch of the movie Max, an incredible movie. It's a movie that is about a best friend, a hero, a Marine. From the director of Remember the Titans and from the producer of Marley and Me, Max is truly a beautiful family adventure film that celebrates our shared values of compassion, caring, and love. And particularly for American Humane Association, it allows us to tell the story of military working dogs. We've been advocating for changes to the National Defense Authorization Act, and this movie Max really goes to uh, show why it's so important to have these dogs back in the homes of their former handlers. And in this case, back to a grieving family who's missing their brother, the Marine. I'm here with Dr. Quan Stewart, our chief veterinary officer, the leader for our program, No Animals Were Harmed in Humane Hollywood. It's a very important program at American Humane Association, and the director talks about the fact in this movie that animals are safer than humans on film sets. It's really due to the fine work and the efforts every day of Dr. Quan Stewart, our chief veterinary officer, our director for this initiative, and I'm so honored to be with him today. Hello, Dr. Quan. How are you? Hello. I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. Thrilled to have you on the show. You've been on the show before, and you've given some insights into movie magic and things that happen with our animal stars on set. Can you tell us why it was so special to be on the set of Max? Well, like you said, Max is really a special film because it celebrates the military, it celebrates sacrifice, and it celebrates this amazing human-animal bond we share with our four-legged friends. So it was a pleasure to be a part of it. You know, I really had the distinct pleasure of screening it before anybody else, and that's really because... I am ultimately responsible for giving the end credit certification. So I got to go in and screen the movie and uh, read the reports of our field reps. And I must say the production was outstanding with respect to the care and the safety and really just prioritizing the animals. 
You know, what I love about this movie is that there are, as natural part of the flow of the film, some intense animal action scenes. And I know I enjoyed the movie so much more because I knew that your team was on set, that no animal was harmed in the making of this movie. Can you share with us some of the insights into movie magic that happens with these intense animal scenes that ensures their safety? Sure. I don't want to give everything away, but uh, you're right. There's a lot of movie magic. There's a lot of CGI, which is com- computer-generated images. And and there's a lot of training and preparation that goes into a lot of these scenes. So some of the intense dog fighting scenes, for example, are really just two buddies playing. Mm-hmm. And that takes literally months and months of training and acclimation for these dogs. There is a scene where one falls into or, or through sort of a pit and and that's all done with green screen on a production stage, even though it looks like it's really out in the middle of the woods. So you'd be amazed what they can do these days. And really all the credit needs to go to my field reps. I you can gush on me, but my field reps are on the ground every day really doing the work. And we had four separate safety field reps rotate through that production, including one of our new veterinary safety reps. So another thing I'm very proud to, to speak about is that we've uh, since hired seven new veterinary reps to do the work of, of protection of animals on set. So when Boaz says it's safer to be an animal on set, he's talking tune about the fact that we have medical professionals on set overseeing the animals. We do licensed veterinarians who are actually on set looking after these, these beautiful animals. Well, this beautiful animal with great eyes is played by Carlos, Carlos the Animal Star. Carlos, I know, was trained by a good friend of yours, Mark Forbes, at Birds and Animals. Can you share with us a little bit about what Mark Forbes does in terms of his work and why he's just such a great partner? Yeah, Mark is, he's a, a friend and I consider him a colleague because he's a compassionate animal lover and he knows his business better than anybody. He sits on my scientific advisory committee and helps advise on the care and the guideline structure of of how we um, look after these animals on set. And, you know, Mark simply is the best of the best. He's been doing it forever. He knows what it takes to not only get the best out of his animals, but to keep them safe in doing so. And he works beautifully with our team to collaborate and and communicate on, on what's best for the animals every day. Well, you know, we're coming at uh, our listeners live from the Washington, D.C. screening of Max with members of Congress, certainly with the incredible stars, particularly Josh Wiggins, the young star who played the brother Justin. And, of course, we have the director here, Boaz Yakin, who's just uh, an incredible director. We know his work from Remember the Titans football movie. I know you watched that movie way back when, too, when it came out with Denzel Washington. Isn't it great to see his love for animals being portrayed in the movie Max now? Yeah, it is. It you know you can really tell someone's passion uh, in the work they do, and to go from making a football film to a dog film shows you know how versatile he really is. So I really think this is some of his finest work, and I, I think other people are going to share the same sentiment. Well, there's certainly a buzz around tonight. We've got wonderful energy in this room as people celebrate Max. And I know we've encouraged all of our listeners to be humane on Pet Life Radio to go and see the movie. It's certainly a worthwhile family adventure film to celebrate some great American values, values that I know we share, service to country, service to animals, particularly animals in need. Also, the whole values of of families healing. Uh, There's a lot of reference to animals 
with PTS in this movie. That was a shock to some of our listeners who've learned about military working dogs, understanding that animals can suffer from PTS. What do you think about that? Because I know that you're a veterinarian. You've worked with many animals. Yeah, and I've had to work in conditions that a lot of people would just find deplorable and awful to deal with. And that was the shelter system, municipal shelter system, where unfortunately we, you know, we euthanize so many of these, these wonderful animals at the rate of about three to four million a year. So I, yeah, firsthand I witnessed many animals would come into the shelter and they were clearly suffering from some emotional distress or PTSD of their own um, from various situations. Of course, Max was, um, was dealing with a military issue and being separated from his owner handler. But it's not a whole lot different than pets that get separated from their owners here in America. And it's a very real um, emotion, I can, I can tell you. I know that we oftentimes wonder, do, do animals share the same um, set of feelings or emotions or, or pain sensory that we do? And in my experience, absolutely, they do. And they need the same care and love and guidance that, that we give each other, that we give you know, one another, our family. One of my favorite scenes regarding the PTS and the symptoms played out on the July 4th moment where Justin, the character Justin, intrinsically knew that his dog, Max, might be having some problems with the fireworks and the loud noises. And he rides his bike home, gets home, and he crawls into the crate with this precious war dog. And they themselves spend the evening together. It's a story of love and patience and understanding. And I wish so many more people who had animals in their lives would take on uh, what Mark Forbes has always shared. You have to be your very best self when you work with animals, when you are with animals. And I see that in this movie through the character. I know Mark Forbes is an animal trainer who does his work in that way, too. What does it mean when someone says, I must be my best self whenever I work with animals? Wow. Yeah. Being your best self. I, um, I think to me that means, you know, we owe our animal friends everything and more that they give back. And I don't think day to day we, we always really appreciate what that is. We come home to our pets and it doesn't matter how they were treated earlier or the day before or maybe the rough time that they're having. They always come up and wag their tail and show their appreciation for us. So when I've had a bad day and I see my, I have, I have a dog and a cat, it washes away some of the um, stain from earlier in the day or, or the week. And, and I think that's a great message. So I'm glad you brought that up. They deserve our best self because I think they certainly give it to us. It's beautiful. Well, I think we're going to end this show, this episode on Dr. Quan Stewart's really uh, inspirational words and inspirational message. And friends, those of you that have been inspired by this episode, I hope you'll go and tune in and to a movie theater soon. Go and, and see Max. It's, uh, it's an incredible film. And again, a film that shares our values of compassion, caring, and hope. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Be Humane with Dr. Robin Ganser. Next week, we'll have more from the premiere of Max, live from Washington, D.C. Thanks so much. We look forward to you listening to next week. Remember this week and every week to be humane. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.